Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast. Um, this is season two, episode two. Um, this week it's just me and Julie because Michelle's at work, so she couldn't make it, but hopefully she can be here for the next one. So we're here with our aunt, Aunt Andrea, and today she's going to talk about how her children bring her closer to God. So let's get started. Also, as a quick side note, the connection is not very good. Um, someone's Wi-Fi was, I guess, just not really connecting as well. And I think it could have been on my part, um, which happens sometimes when we're recording these. But we were just going to go for it anyways. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. All right. Oh, my gosh. All right. Let's go. <laughs> like the fifth time we've tried this yeah 45 minutes later (laughs) literally oh my goodness i'm so sorry you're probably like really busy me yeah no no i i already have stuff like on the stove just simmering it's good perfect oh good whenever our mom's like super busy she's like no i'm just sitting here eating bonbons (laughs) (laughs) Uh, there would be no bonbons in my house they would not last (laughs) <laughs> she says the same thing yeah all right all right perfect all right you can reintroduce yourself for the fourth time yeah i know all right so my name is andrea smallsley i am julie michelle and anna's aunt um i live in indiana with my husband and 13 children so not all 13 are home anymore um we have been married 32 and a half years and that's it. Leave. Anything else? Awesome. Um, so talk a little bit about uh, because Auntie Benj was telling us that you wanted to write a book when you were younger called Changing <laughs> the World One Diaper at a Time. So talk right. about that a little bit. Now it's now it's all over the world because it's on your podcast and someone's gonna mm-hmm. steal my title <laughs> and I'll never get to write my book. You just gotta be the first one to write it. That's right. Well, I don't know. I got a computer, so I could with all my spare time. But I don't think I'm going to write it because my memory's so bad now. But anyway, yeah, the purpose of the book was to sort of just explain um, just the chaos of the daily life of a mother and um, basically how to sanctify it, how to, um, you know, offer things up for anyone any particular reason, that kind of thing. Basically mm-hmm. changing the world by changing diapers and things of that sort. But kids with kids come very funny episodes of life and they're just fun to write it down. But you know, mm. life moves on and then you don't write it down. We have this um really funny story with our dad and he was changing our diapers. I think it was for the first time, but there was like six of us and our mom came home and he had newspaper all laid out in the playroom and we're all running around with like Nerf guns and water guns, like screaming, making a mess. And he's holding like John Paul by the legs and he's like, dude, I know you what to do. And it was just like a disaster. So <laughs> I think that was the last time he's changed that group, but <laughs> I can't imagine your dad changing a diaper. <laughs> Auntie Andrea, I wonder how many diapers you've changed in your life. Oh, a lot. 
And my, I used to, the first six I did in cloth diapers. And then um, I used to go to the doctor's office and the nurses could never figure out how to put a cloth diaper on as tight as I did. <laughs> no, we're like, sorry, I can't do this. Uh, you'll have to do this. You're like, I'm pretty used to it. This is my 13th one. Right. Now they have those really nice Velcro ones, stuff like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, this would have been so not, much nicer yeah. than pins and babies. <laughs> but, yeah. Um. All right, we're going to ask you the question that okay. we ask everyone. Fire away. Um, what event in your life has changed you the most? Or what's one of the most life-changing events? Strangely enough, I think one of the um, uh, things that happened in my life, it happened when I was 18 and I was going off to college. And I had decided because of the stubborn person that I am, I wanted to learn Spanish. Um, so I decided, well, then go to Spain because I didn't want to learn it in a classroom. I just wanted to dive in head first. So um, my trip to Spain was probably my biggest life-changing event. I, at the time, the airports were very different than they are now, but are you getting the echo again? Yeah. Okay. No. A little bit. I mean, I can still understand what you're saying. Okay. Um, so anyway, so I was 18 going to Spain and um, it was my first, I guess it wasn't my first international. I had gone to Mexico on my own, but this was kind of across the T's on my own. And we were allowed two carry-ons, two large pieces of luggage, I think either 50 or 60 pounds each, and a purse. And so, of course, since I was bringing everything to survive, I brought all of those things. And um, I, uh, so I learned that day a lot of things because I was traveling international. And, of course, at that point, I think that day, I learned what international and domestic meant. <laughs> but while in the airport, I learned that. Um, I was told I was going to have somebody that would meet me in Madrid and help me change planes in Madrid. And then I was going to go to Pamplona and someone would meet me in Pamplona. Of course, I didn't know any of these people, but they offered their kind services. So um, I took, uh, I have, I believe I got sent to first class because oh, I, was dressed, I was dressed nicely. My mother taught me that. Thank you, mom. <laughs> so, um, when we, what I didn't know is that when you cross international borders, your plane immediately lands. I had never learned that. I didn't know that. So our plane went down on an island in Spain. And I, you know, my ticket says Madrid. And all of a sudden, we're landing in some strange island in Spain. And I was just like, like, what in the world are we doing? And of course, they're speaking in Spanish, blah, 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 blah. And, um. They told everybody, get off the plane, leave your things and get off the plane. And I was just sort of like, everybody's getting up and leaving. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> this is not my stop. <laughs> <laughs> so I got off the plane with everybody. I just followed them. I grabbed my purse. They kept telling me, leave your stuff, leave your stuff. So I took my purse. We went. Uh, they took us on a bus to the airport because they land on the um, tarmac. 
So we took us to the airport. We all got out, and they started spreading out and doing, um, checking your passport, all this kind of stuff. So they would check in that. And then after I got all that checked, and it was just like following people because I didn't have any idea what we were doing. And then I was walking down this hallway, and all of a sudden there was nobody in front of me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I have no idea where I'm going, what I'm doing, nothing. And I look to my left, and I see like, this elevator door open, and I recognize somebody in the elevator. So I ran to the elevator, and I jumped in, and they shut the door behind me, not knowing that I actually just jumped on a bus, not <laughs> on an elevator. So oh, I traveling and I realized, holy crap, now I'm on a bus. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> but apparently it was the right bus. And it took us back to our plane. And so I got back in the plane. And then, of course, it ends up taking us to Madrid. And I get off the plane in Madrid. And, you know, this whole time I'm praying like crazy. Because I got a blessing before I left to go on my trip. And I just remember when the priest gave me the blessing, he was talking about, you know, my angel will go before you kind of thing. So in my mind, my angel was so connected with me, like, you are not leaving me because I don't know what is going on. <laughs> so I got to the plane in Madrid, and I realized I'm looking around, there is nobody there to meet me. And I had to take all of, I got all of my luggage, my two giant bags, my two carry-ons, and my purse. And this is before... We could afford luggage with wheels. So I had these Ooh. two 50 pound bags, two carry on luggage, which they didn't care how much they weighed, and my purse. And I'm lugging them upstairs. I'm trying to find some sort of information booth to page whoever it was that was supposed to meet me. And when I found that information booth, they, was, they kept telling me, no, we can't do that. No, we can't do that. And I was like, what the heck am I supposed to do? I had no idea where I was going. None. I oh didn't even really understand how to read my ticket. And, you know, the signs are not in English. And, like, so I am start just walking in the airport with all my stuff. And um, my suitcases had these metal tabs on the sides of them that you could sort of, like, click and unclick to open your suitcase pockets on the outside so they're smacking into the side of my legs as every time I walk oh and so I'm just like dragging to this airport exhausted because I've been panicking for so long now and um I just walk because I didn't know what to do and I found a place I, I, I ran around this corner for a while and I found this quiet place and I thought I need to sit down because I am exhausted I am about to fall asleep and my legs are like all bruised up from these pins. And this homeless guy walks up to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. He starts asking me for money and stuff in Spanish. And I'm just like, I know. I, get, oh, I don't have anything. I don't have anything. So I get up and I move and I just walk to another section. And I'm like, just beyond exhausted. And there was nobody around. So I sat down with my suitcases beside me my bags and I just instantly fall asleep I, and I probably slept for 20-25 minutes and I woke up and I opened my eyes and then I was like you know again totally in conversations with my garden angel like okay I have no idea where I'm supposed to go I and it was I looked up and there was a military clock and of course I didn't know how to tell military time oh my gosh. so I figured that out that day 
And then I was like, okay, now I know what time it is. And then I was like, okay, I need to, I look at my ticket and I'm trying to interpret my ticket. And I realized I am sitting exactly where I needed to be. No oh, way. It was the, where I was supposed to check in and it was the gate. Exactly where I was supposed to be. Wow. Oh my gosh. I know. It was amazing. And so when I ended up, and I it only had like half an hour before we were supposed to, needed to check in to board. And then I ended up getting to Pamplona. Of course, the people weren't there either, that kind of stuff. But it's it was sort of, then I realized I can do it. You know what I mean? When you're connected with our Lord, you can do anything. He will take you where you need to be. You, you know, you just have to like realize that even if you don't know, it's that whole, our Lord has got you. You're good to go. Mm. I love that. I think it was that, that whole experience. I started building up my own confidence in that it'll be okay. It'll be okay. So I think that was one, one, a life-changing event for me. Because mm-hmm. it was, I didn't have an option. It was, you know, I, I, I couldn't. It was me in conversation with God, and that was it. Uh, There's no way I was going to be able to figure out this airport and what I was doing. I was so tired. Yeah. I kind of wondered if I fell asleep and our Lord picked me up and moved me when I was sleeping. <laughs> She's like, how in the world did I end up right where I was supposed to be? It was just so strange. Wow. That's so cool. But that, that homeless guy was probably my garden angel going, um, you're in the wrong spot, lady. You're in the wrong spot. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just going, I don't have money. I don't have money. <laughs> <laughs> well, how was the rest of your trip? What was that? How was like the rest of the trip? Um, it went fine. I ended up making it somehow back to, to the university where it was supposed to go. But, you know, both people didn't show up that were supposed to show up and whatever. It was, it was good. It was a very good experience being in Spain. But, uh, you know. Are you fluent in Spanish now? Um, I was, but that was many years ago. So uh, no. I'm sure I could jump in if I was thrown in it. It wouldn't take me long, but that's cool. Not, not now. Yeah, I took Spanish in high school, and I'm still kind of like at that stage where I know aura and almost us. <laughs> you really have to get thrown into it, and you don't have an option. Yeah, that's kind of the way to learn it. I know how. That's how I am. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely hard in the classroom setting. Yeah. Because, you know, you like, I was there in high school with my friends, and, like, we all just, like, fool around, so it's, like, I uh, care to learn much. But then yeah. the friends that went to Spain for, like, a month, they, like, came back and spoke it, like, so well. Yeah. I went to the DR, the Dominican Republic, a few years ago, and I literally knew, like, two sentences, and we were in... Uh, a family's house and I said the two sentences I know and then they all thought I was fluent in Spanish and I was like shoot that's literally all I know (laughs) (laughs) that's like me I I always have just like one phrase that I'll say to someone that like starts speaking Spanish to me and then they keep speaking Spanish because they think I speak it (laughs) um all right we can start getting into the questions all right um the topic is kind of just how your relationship with God has changed when you started getting really busy with all the kids you were having. 
mm-hmm. taken care of. Um, mm-hmm. So the first one is how drastically did your relationship with God change after you started to have your kids first before when you were like young and single? Yeah, I think um, when you have a child, you learn a whole new concept of love. Um, It's different than loving your parents. It's different than loving your spouse. It's a whole different type of love. And I, for me, I think it was once you start to, as a parent, understanding that unconditional love, you then get a better sense of how much God loves us. You know, that as a parent, you could never describe to your child how much you love them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that God could never describe to us how much he loves us. Mm. So I think that was very much an eye opener because then um, you almost see God in a different way because you now understand how you are a child of God and what that means. Mm. Not that you're sure, just that you're a child of God, but how much you're loved. So I think that was a you know, really eye-opening, I guess. Yeah. And then one thing I, you know, was, you know, people might criticize because you have too many kids and how do you, you can't possibly love that many children kind of comment, but it's also hard to describe to a mom that only has one child that the more kids you have, the more you fall in love with your kids all over again, the ones that you've already had. It's almost like your heart just keeps growing and growing. And um, so that idea of, you know, if we're all children of God, how big his heart can possibly be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That he just... And, and just that whole relationship, because then it becomes, then you communicate with him differently because you feel like you have that understanding of what it means to be his child. Wow. It's very humbling. That's so cool. Wow, that's beautiful. It's so, like, I can't even imagine what that's like, but even just having, like, my nieces and, like, the kids that I've worked with, how much... I love them. Like, I can't even imagine what that's like when it's your own kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So how did you find time to pray with being so busy taking care of all of your kids? And what did that prayer time kind of look for you? How Or how did that prayer time look for you? Well, let's say I didn't have a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> I really struggled with finding the time because... Like my sister will attest to, the moment you sit down, you fall asleep. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, you know, if I wanted to pray, I would have to pray walking or something. You know, I just couldn't really sit down and pray. But at the same time, I kind of see it like um, sort of like when you have a child that's running around crazy, 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 usually in the evening hours. 
they get like more energy in, in the evening hours and they run and run and run and run. And you just want, and you grab them and say you sit in a rocking chair, you hold them and you rock a few times and they're just like, they melt and like fall asleep. They just need to be held. And I think that was kind of the same thing. Like if I went to go pray, I sat down and I just fell asleep. Like it's, you know, I kind of feel like, well, you know what? That's my prayer. Our Lord just wanted me to stop. And, That's cool. you know, he knows that I was trying and he's still there to hold me. But, you know, I cried. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, there were lots of episodes like that. But at the same time, you know, when you have little ones, they're, they're like pure. And in a sense, you know, they're children of God, but they're like, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. So in a sense, you're, what you're doing every day is talking and playing with God when they're mm. little like that, you know? So it's not like you push God to the side. It's almost like a different interaction with God in that you're, you're taking care of him and he's taking care of you at the same time. That's so cool. I love that. What were... Um kind of like some of the prayers you'd be saying when you'd be like running around with your kids like do you have any short prayers that you'd literally like just say when you're I don't know going throughout your like daily activities if that makes sense oh like god what in the world are you doing I didn't have anything in particular I think it kind of changed from here to here and there you know, some days I felt like I was very much connected to Our Lady and asking for her help. Other times, little aspirations to Our Lord. Uh, but I didn't really have one in particular. I know lately, just because life is upside down right now in my house, um, the Memorare is one. I love that. Mm. But I just kind of just saw what's going on in my house. I feel like I need that connection with Our Lady like all the time. Mm -hmm. yeah um, but you know it is hard when you're constantly plugged in all different directions i i don't have one off the top of my head but, but i would try and pick something that i could stick with the day but it typically changed little aspirations did well there's one that um emily was talking about that you told her when we asked her what's like the greatest piece of advice she's ever received and she said, um, when you would go to bed at night, you would say, all right, Lord, I did everything I can. The rest is in your hands. And then you'd fall asleep. And I guess that's what you were saying earlier of just kind of falling asleep yeah. in his arms without mm -hmm. even having to say much. Yeah. Um, well, we did have our family nighttime prayers. So, but, mm -hmm. you know. I'm sure they added their own little things when they crawled in bed. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I I always taught my kids at nighttime to say, say, Lord, please help me see my vocation. I don't think they understand that till they're about 20. <laughs> but, <laughs> they always, you know, and then you have some of the kids that go, Lord, please help me see my vacation. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> Lord, when's the next time we're going to the beach? That's <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we always had um nighttime prayers 
and it was always like two rounds. Like the big kids would sit later than the little kids. Oh, really? Okay. Um, thank goodness I was one of the big kids. We got to stay up till nine. Ah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> my youngest has been one of the big kids for a very long time. Yeah, the youngest gets away with everything. I know. They get yeah. to skip all the stuff we have they to do whenever they want. I don't think it's any easier. I feel badly for my youngest. <laughs> what we say was, was uh, oh sorry. Keep going. Oh no, I was just asking how old is uh how old is he now? Luke, he is 11. Okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's crazy. Him and Peter are getting so old. Now, Peter's 12, isn't he? He's 11. He's 11? Okay. Yeah, he's 11. Um, he likes to act like he's a lot older. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> but the thing is, they know all the technology, so they feel it. They seem like they're older, too. Yeah. So usually, like, if he was home, I would have gone to him and say, hey, can you help us out? Yeah, they definitely know it a lot better than we can. I know. Um, all right, I have another question. Um, how would you say you would avoid the temptation of, because I even do this now, of sometimes just trying to like fit prayer into your schedule mm-hmm. when you're super rushed rather than like surrounding your day with that, like basing your day off of that. You're just trying to like fit it in. Yeah. How do, well, usually like if you, able to pray first thing in the morning and then make a plan that's mm-hmm. usually the best way to do it um but you know you know how making plans goes i made plans yeah. today and that went out the window so oh, yeah, you have to, sometimes you do have to squeeze it in but um you know making a plan is the best way to do it mm-hmm. some people have a nice scheduled life I would dream of that, but others, you know, when you're when you're catering to a bunch of other people, it's hard to be able to say, okay, at three o'clock, I'm going to sit down and do this. Yeah, yeah, doesn't always happen. Because then you have like the little kids saying, "Mom, yeah, can you do my math homework?" Or can you take me to the store? That's that's an tired of that one. <laughs> <laughs> Or can you drive me to my friend's house and it's like two hours away? Yeah, no. No, no, no. <laughs> how how would you keep um like kind of remind yourself of God's presence through the day? Like I feel like anytime I get like super busy, I guess it's kind of similar to the last question, but anytime I get super busy, like I'm running around and I kind of forget sometimes you know like god's still present and god like to focus on like what god's doing through the small things mm-hmm. like how how would you remind yourself of his presence through the day well it's always good to offer up your day at the beginning of the day in case you run into those situations where you're super focused on something yeah but um it also helps to have like little pictures around the house and it also helps to move those pictures because sometimes they become part of the furniture and you don't notice them anymore. That's true. Mm-hmm. But um, that's always helpful. But um, 
I don't know. I just feel like right now, at least in my life right now, I'm constantly connected. But um, I don't know. Besides those two things, I, I suppose, you know, pick an aspiration in the morning and then just kind of challenge yourself to say it a certain number of times before noon so that it kind of clicks. And then you have the rest of the day to kind of lean on those aspirations to kind of bring you back to the Lord. Just a little high here and there kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I, I, that's the first thing I do in the morning. It definitely drastically changes how the rest of my day goes. Like, mm-hmm. because that is like the first thing I thought of. And I don't know, it just changes my mentality for the day. And mm-hmm. I've also realized like having, like, since I've moved out on my own, I don't have as many like, pictures and like crosses and crucifixes but like I always like look for those you know like anytime mm-hmm. I'm praying like those actually help so much more than I ever realized mm-hmm. I've heard sometimes people say just take a sticky note put a little aspiration on it put it on the inside of a cabinet door or in the fridge or whatever Ooh, like just, mm-hmm. just something that will catch your eye and remind you yeah a lot of people do like the back of their phones since our phones are like part of us nowadays because hmm. you see that all the time that or yeah like your lock screen or something yeah mm-hmm. yeah i like the lock screen thing because and then also having like um your phone on silent which is probably not good for communication mine's really, always but... on silent i just have to check it every now and then i have yeah. to have it on silent or it's going to go off in the middle of mass or in the middle of a meeting or yeah like that. i just like forget it yeah. You just have to know that you're going to have to wait till mom checks her phone. Yeah. I also really just don't really like getting notifications. Oh, yeah. Because then I feel like I have to respond right away. And then that mm-hmm. leads me to be on the phone all day. But yeah, yeah, I really like the lock screen idea. Um, and I know someone, um, I forget what book I was reading. Oh, it's probably The Rhythm of Life with um, Matthew Kelly. Um, he would do the sticky note thing mm-hmm. and he would start out, he would like write um, his, like, I forget, he would like write a prayer on a sticky note and then he would like copy it like 10 different times. So then he'd put, put it in his car, he'd put it on the fridge, he'd yeah. put it, you know, in his room and places like that. So it would just kind of like stick in his brain. And then yeah. after a couple of weeks, then that was just like, that thought was like always on his mind. Mm-hmm. And he said, that definitely made a huge difference. Yeah. Um, Anna, do you have any more questions? I think I asked. I think that's it. Uh, yeah. We sent you like 10 questions, but half of them were like the exact thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were reading through them with, with Auntie Benj last night. She was like, yeah, those are like all the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like, that's like how I read my different. essays. Yeah. <laughs> Same sentence typed up like 50 times. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. So yeah. much. That was so good. I'm glad yeah. that we finally got that <laughs> to yeah. work. Yeah, sorry about all the confusion, but oh no. <laughs> Thanks for being patient. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. Thank you for asking. Yeah, of course. It was so good to talk to you. Thank you so much. All, all right. right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. And that is it for today. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode. I know the connection was not the best at some points, but I hope you still really enjoyed it and look out for the next one. Thank you.